trying to find a place to put my water that could not in any way spill onto any important. I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist. Electronics. Yeah. Yeah. And there's I've this been- whole. There's this whole running gag in the Accidental Tech podcast about Casey and his water because he spilled water on his laptop like while recording before. So I always joke about it. Casey! Who the hell is Casey? Who the hell is Casey? Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about the good place. I'm Rachel Adelman, and here with me tonight we have Sarah Gardner and our friend Marco Suerta. Welcome, everyone. Hi. Hello. Uh, So we're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 9, which I should have looked up the title for this. I did this last week. Um, I had it up. And now I'm forgetting it. It's whatever the title of the song was playing at the beginning. It's called Don't Let the Good Life Pass You By. That is right. So, yes, the, t- the episode is Don't Let the Good, good Life Pass You By. And um, I have the recap today, so we'll get started. So we start off with a little homage to one of my favorite shows, Lost, and we see a man waking up in his apartment or house and getting ready for the day, puts on some Mama Cass, and then somebody knocks on the door, and it's Michael. And the man we've been watching is Doug Forsett. And Michael and Janet are at the door, claiming to be a reporter and his photographer, and asks to talk to Doug, and Doug's like, sure, come on in. So they... Uh, talk to Doug a little bit about his vision and how he's lived his life trying to get into the good place since his vision in 1972. Michael starts to think that Doug is the blueprint for a perfect human, but there are a few issues. Uh, we get some uh, views of the rest of the gang hanging out in a bar. Tahani thinks Eleanor needs help with her speaking when really she just wants to confide about Chidi. Jason and Chidi are playing pool. Tahani thinks Eleanor should just go after Chidi and tell him the truth about everything we learned in the last episode. Janet, we're back to Janet and Michael and Doug. Janet thinks Doug is a happiness pump. We learn a little bit more about Doug's life and all the ways he tries to keep people and animals around him happy. He rescues dogs, protects animals, tests cosmetics. He's an all-around good person. Doug says goodbye to them and has a meltdown because he forgot Michael's name and he accidentally kills a snail. Um, so back at the bar, Eleanor is about to confess to Chidi when she sees somebody familiar walk in. It's our good friend Bombajan. As she looks around, she realizes Vicky's already in the bar, and so are some other demons. Eleanor tries to get all of their friends to escape. Uh, Jason pulls out a Molotov cocktail and tries to shout Bortles, but Sean walks in before he can. And Sean's looking for Michael. Doug, Michael, and Janet have a funeral for the snail. Uh, Doug wants to go and give a bunch of money to the Canadian Mollusk Society because he killed the snail. Michael tries to convince Doug that he should just live a little 
And Doug says, nope, I'm not going to have it. I want to get into the good place. Back at the bar, Sean wants to see Michael. Eleanor says he's never going to come back. And then Michael and Janet walk in. Then we get a giant fight between all of the demons and the humans and Janet. Included, we see Eleanor's uh, season two soul or version two soulmate Chris, and he gets knocked out by Tahani. Michael and Janet start sending all of the demons back through the doorway. Eleanor confesses her love to Chidi during the fight. Janet gets pushed halfway through the doorway and gets her powers back. They knock Sean out. They talk to Sean. Sean says, everybody's going to the bad place, even Doug. Like, nobody's ever going to get into the good place. Why are you even trying? They send Michael back, or send Sean back. Michael and Janet thinks they need to gather evidence that there's a rigged system against the humans. But before they can do that, more demons walk in. Janet opens the portal and decides that she's just going to take the humans into her void, even though it might kill them and will definitely kill them on Earth. Jason says goodbye to the Earth, and away they go. That seems like enough stuff to happen in one episode. Yeah, there was a lot. I don't. <laughs> I hope I didn't miss anything. <laughs> oh. I don't even know where to start with this one. Well, did you guys like it? <laughs> I did. I did. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Marcus. If I jinx you both, then this is a very short <laughs> podcast. Um, no, I did like it. I mean, you know, the the show is this season of the show is has been interesting back on Earth, but I do like it when the show sort of explores these interesting, you know, philosophical questions. Uh, you know, and today it was sort of the happiness pump and this guy who who has it all figured out, but and yet is kind of miserable and is, you know, a quote, a happiness pump, right? That he just does, everything he does is about other people and he's kind of just a miserable, sad, sad fellow. Um, so I like that and I liked, I think I've been seeing, I've thought this whole season that they're going to have to ultimately come up with some sort of critique of the whole system, right? Because the show can't end with just the four of them getting into the good place, right? At some point, they need to change the way the whole thing works. And so I like that, it looked like it was heading that direction. I don't know what's going to happen with them all in Janet's void, um, but overall, I liked it, um, and uh, I like th- I think it you know it was thought provoking, if, if not as jokey as I think other episodes have been. Yeah, I liked it as well. It was nice to see the see everybody kind of get physical in the fight in the bar. I especially loved like Janet just like going off and hitting every. It was just so out of character for what we've seen Janet do before, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked Action Janet, too. And uh, the pool cue with Tahani. Um, <laughs> yes. The, <laughs> you don't expect an action sequence in The Good Place very, you know, very regularly, so that was pretty exciting. And um, Michael McKean was so good in this episode. They he couldn't was. have asked for a, a better Doug Forsett, so... Yes, I uh, I like Michael McKean. I still think of him as Morse Fletcher from the X Files. If anyone was an X Files fan, uh, hmm. he was in a two parter for the X Files uh, back in season. I don't know, doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, he was great. Um, the fight sequence was weird. I mean, I enjoyed it for like the first kind of sixty seconds, and then like, how long is this fight scene going to go on? Um, it was uh, it was it was strange and somewhat out of place. But um, uh, and then it, and then it, it was. And then more demons just shut up anyway. So I don't know. I, the whole fight sequence. I mean, I did enjoy watching Janet kick ass, and and uh, but it was kind of weird. It was kind of out of place. 
I think my favorite part of the whole fight sequel well, first was when like Janet just went off on them at the beginning. I liked that. But then Eleanor's like confessing to Chidi and like Vicky comes up to her in the middle and Eleanor just like punches Vicky out <laughs> and you're just like and then goes back to talking to Chidi. So I kinda liked that. And I liked her like we're in a brawl in Canada with demons and I love you here. <laughs> Also, the name of the bar that they were in was the Puking Moose Saloon, and I got a kick out of that. (laughs) Yeah, they had enough fun with all the Australian names, so they have to make fun of Canada, too. Yeah, well, they made fun of Florida a lot, right? So I guess they're just going to make fun of every uh, hotel (laughs) they go to. I still can't get over, going back to the beginning, uh, what a bad liar Michael is. They were both the scoop. (laughs) He was scoop. They were both the scoop siblings. I mean. Yeah. Yes. Janet's Michael's sister. Janet's scoop. (laughs) Yeah, what did you guys think of Doug besides that actor? Did you think it was realistic that somebody finding out about the good place would become a happiness pump like that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I I mean, it's still not clear why he had this. I mean, it's interesting. You know, when Michael first describes him, you know, in season one or whatever, he doesn't imply he he doesn't imply that he believed it and lived by it. He just implies that he figured it out in sort of a drunken or high state. So I never. It never occurred to me that that he let that he would live his life by the principles that he made up or he thought he made up for himself. Um, but if I think if you did believe that you were assigned a bunch of points, I mean, this is well. I mean, it's like a living criticism of you know this kind of ethical living, right? I mean, he's like a living happiness pump. So I don't know if it's realistic, but it's uh, it's interesting to think about if that's what how you if it's a realistic way to respond to it. If not, how? I think everyone would respond. If that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, um, it seems like having figured it all out, um, he's just he's just so miserable that I, I kind of feel like they had to confront Doug or someone like him in that way. Uh, you know, Michael and Janet come up; they expect one thing, and then they realize, or at least he makes them realize that. Yeah, this is pretty messed up. They they know it from, you know, the group, but then seeing the ramifications outside the group, they, they I think it's the final thing they needed to know before they start restructuring things, which is I guess what the show will ultimately delve into is how do we fix this? Yeah. I almost feel like they're going in a direction where they're going to tell us there really is no good place. And I don't, I don't know whether I like that. And I also want, how does that explain the good Janet? But I'm kind of wondering, like, the way that Sean was so certain that none of them would ever get to the good place almost feels like they could be going that direction. But, uh, I mean, there has to be a good place, right? Because the judge told Eleanor that she could go, right? Like, Eleanor had sort of earned her way in. But I think it's, you know, I'm... When I listen to Forsyth talk about sort of like his paradox and how he couldn't risk being enjoying his life because if he, what if he lost points, you know, I wrote down Forsyth is making a great case against the bad place and thus against hell as well, right? And so I don't know how philosophical the creator of the show is trying to be, but he sure is, you know, making some of the classical, and I think, not that they're classical, but making some of the arguments against, you know, any kind of hell, and even the Judeo-Christian hell, right? That this idea that, you know, you're earning points or you're or you make one mistake and you're doomed for all eternity i mean these are very classical arguments against the existence of hell itself and i I kind of find that 
interesting that they're going in that direction. I don't know if that's a subtle uh, motivation of the creator or what, but uh, it's um, thought-provoking probably to a lot of people who watch this and uh, haven't thought about these uh, issues before. Yeah, you know, we haven't really talked about it much, but the confrontation he has with the local boy who just exists to make his life miserable, Oh yeah, I think is really interesting in that, you know, it doesn't really matter to Doug whether he's um, unhappy as long as he's not causing other people unhappiness, um, which others take full advantage of which makes him even more unhappy. So, uh, you know, what kind of life is it that Doug has to live if that's, if that's what's going on? Um, and it would be different if everyone were like Doug, but of course they're not. So, you know, he's just the, uh, the effect of everything. Um, and you don't, I mean, it's, I don't really feel completely sad for Doug because it's his choice and he's doing it for reasons he thinks will, you know, help him in the end. He's not so much pitiful as, um, you know, he's just boxed in. Yeah, he's boxed in by his worldview, right? So is this some sort of critique of, I don't know, Christians or certain kinds of Christians? I don't know. I just wonder how, how this is supposed to be meta-commentary on our actual society uh, in some way. Um, but uh, I was going to say something about... Oh well, yeah, but it both it brings back to what someone said earlier that uh, the um, Sean and Sean going on about how everyone goes to the bad place, even Doug Forsyth. You know, it does raise questions about you know the accountants or the formula or what have you, right? I mean, even in the first season, you know, if you think back to the, the very first you know, sort of walk that Michael and Eleanor have about about the bad place and the good place, you know, he says that like all the presidents are in the bad place except Lincoln. Right. And, you know, and like all there's aren't any artists or whatever here. They're all in the bad place. So, you know, very early on, there was sort of this implication that it was really hard to get into the good place. And and uh, and so maybe they're going to circle back to that in some way. I feel like we need a philosophy, uh, a philosophy Ph.D. on the um, on the podcast. To, um, <laughs> yeah, we need our own Chidi to talk us through all these things. <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh, how cute was that with Chidi and Jason playing hand pool? I, I think that was the most relaxed we've seen Chidi in a long time. He needed that. He did. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm either either I'm either winning or we're doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, J- J- what did Jason call it? Jacksonville style special pool or special <laughs> Jacksonville style pool? There are no rules. There That's are no the way rules. I play. Just play with your hands, and you can. The only rule is you pick the points. <laughs> it's like uh, the Calvin ball. You guys read Calvin and Hobbes. It's like the Calvin ball version of a uh, <laughs> of uh, a pool. Just make everything up. Nice to see them, kind of. And it was nice to see Eleanor and Tahani having one of their moments together, even when Tahani tries to ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's about your grade. Is it about your grading speaking voice? So if if the going philosophy is hell is other people, then at least parts of this episode show that it goes the other way too, because both Eleanor and Chidi are both better off because they've interacted with their friends, and you know their lives are richer for it. So they're learning the opposite lesson. And I like I think they touched on that a bit at the end of 
season two when the judge offered to like put them all alone in their individual medium places and they're all like well that seems just as bad as being in the bad place because they want to be together so they've come to not their hell is not these other people at least (laughs) how do you feel about snails (laughs) well i i think i'll be making a donation to the canadian mollusk society after this episode (laughs) i think our tv glitched out during that because i because i'm I'm watching on a on an old school antenna well not old school but an antenna and i think i missed i knew that he was walking somewhere but i didn't know where he was walking so he was walking to make a donate an in-person donation to the, Canadian... to the Canadian Mollusk Society, and it would take him three weeks to walk to Edmonton and back. <laughs> yeah. And Doug was definitely an interesting character. <laughs> he, I like that he, they said he couldn't donate blood because when he tried, they, he was so anemic that they had to give him some. <laughs> yeah, it makes me want to read more about the happiness pump and utilitarianism and uh, sort of what the... Uh, this whole school of thought of criticism because uh, it's been a long time since I took a philosophy class and well, I remember utilitarianism. I don't remember a lot of the details. I, I don't know that I've ever actually taken a philosophy class. So some of these ideas are completely new to me. Yeah. I took a, a, a metaphysics class in college and a, a quote, mind and body philosophy class, which is really about like materialism. Um, so, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. I did like, psychology and sociology and world religions, but I don't think I ever had to take a philosophy class. So you haven't learned about how lentils and radishes are really all you're allowed to eat? <laughs> no, I was not aware of that. Well, get started, because you know, you're behind I guess, now. I guess I need to build a composting toilet with a water filtration system. I, I, I saw that coming. As soon as, 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 soon as I was drinking water, I... I, I how, it, how great was that spit take, though, <laughs> that Ted Danson did? Oh. He's a really good physical actor in ways that I was not aware of before this show. Yeah, exactly. He he's always been funny, but he he's able to do a lot more physically in this show. I am glad that they were able. I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's done that much. He was in Kirby Enthusiasm as a weird version of himself, uh, but it didn't seem like he'd been in that many things. So I am glad he came out of whatever retirement or thing. Well, what, he he was in was it he in CSI or NCIS or something for some Yeah, one seasons? of them. One of those shows yeah. with letters that my parents watch. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but yeah, he did that for several years before Career oh. Enthusiasm maybe. Um, huh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I can't can't remember. L- looks like it's CSI. He was in Fargo, uh the second season uh, yeah. of Fargo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was in a like yeah. Four years of CSI, and then some CSI Cyber, I guess, which was a uh, spinoff. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's been great, and he's shown a lot of range from bumbling Michael as a faking to be a good place to being the demon Michael to being this kind of strange reformed Michael. Um, I thought he was in some weird show. I, I don't know, but he's become one of my favorites just from this i'm like i always knew he was good but (laughs) um okay so 
where do we think we're going next with the void? What, what do we think Janet's void looks like? I, I, well, we've, we've seen the void. Well, we haven't seen the void, have we? I thought we'd seen the void, but we just know that he, she would put that boyfriend she created in the void, right? I think we may have seen it, and it was just literally like a big open white room. Yeah. yeah. Was it the but white space? Is, is it going to be an entire episode with a white background because that would be weird it would be it would be like a um, what do they call the episodes a bottle and a bottle episode i mean they'll do a bottle hmm. episode just in the void i would guess that they're going to stick the humans in the void and then janet and ted uh janet and ted <laughs> janet and michael are going to try and get into the accountants and do whatever they're find some do. evidence yeah though i don't know how they can get evidence if they're not in earth on earth but you know so we were under the impression that this was the season break but actually, it's it comes not. back, yeah, December 6th or something. And the next episode is called Janet's. So I'm guessing that in the void, it's like the scene from Toy Story where there's like boxes of Buzz Lightyears and there's <laughs> just going to be Janet's everywhere. Um, so that might be really fun. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if we'll get some more bad place Janet than the glimpse we got at the end of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, and some of the demons I didn't recognize either. Like, they weren't familiar faces. Yeah, I recognized a couple of them. It was nice to see Eleanor's uh, version 2 soulmate, the guy that liked to go to the gym all the time. (laughs) Just constantly taking his shirt off, yeah. And he made a call back about how he's been working out. And, of course, Bomba John, which is actually really that guy's name, which gets me every time he pops on. That's the actor's real name. Uh, how many episodes are we getting this season? So I see it looks like 13. I think it's 13, but I think this one, like I don't, I, in the previous <laughs> seasons when it's been 13 episodes, it's been 13 half hours. And I don't think it's going to be this year because they've counted episode one was two half hours and it's still just episode one. And it's still saying there's going to be 13, and I'm assuming the finale will again be an hour. So we might wind up actually getting 15 half hours, 15 chapters this season. But I don't know. And we don't know if it's been picked up for season four yet, do we? I don't think so. Um, I just just wonder, I mean, I know I've read somewhere that the creator, since he was either involved with Lost or he talked to the Lost people, that he, he knew... He had an ending in mind. He knew, he knew, he knew he wanted to end things. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he definitely has a direction to go. And yeah, he talked to. He had. Uh, I remember seeing. I think I shared it in our one of our private slacks recently. The um, there was there was an interview that he did where he talked about talking with Damon Lindelof about it about Lost before they started the Good Place, which is why I assume that the opening of this episode was actually an like nod to lost because i know michael sure has looked at lost as an inspiration i have a question maybe you guys could already know the answer to this but what is the purpose of janet partially sticking her face in the door and saying she got her powers back like her powers as in was that why she was so physically able to beat everyone up or i think so at the end okay. like, you know how she can't summon or do anything like that on earth because she doesn't have her powers anymore but just yeah she was somehow able to get her powers back and i guess she became physically 
crazy. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like she said that, and I expected her to start snapping her fingers and doing stuff, but instead she seemed to just be able to punch people. She seemed just to be physically stronger because I don't think we saw her actually do any manifestations or tricks or whatever. But she did zap them into the... Eventually she stuck her arm through and obviously took them into the void, so that's obviously one of her powers. Goodbye, Earth. (laughs) (laughs) They all have to die in order to go to the void, so that's a new wrinkle. That was my thinking when Sean kept saying he wanted to take him to the bad place. I'm like, does he have to kill them? Like, how does that work? Because they're really alive and on Earth. So he didn't, didn't have any jurisdiction, but now they're finally back in the afterlife, in the void. Anything else anybody wants to talk about before we go into the joke machine? There weren't a ton of jokes this episode, but I think there are a few we can touch on. I think I'm good. Ready for joke machine? Yeah, I think so. Does anybody have anything they want to start us out with? I <laughs> I took I took a little bit of time to look at the names of the animals in Doug's makeshift cemetery. <laughs> so we've got Martin Luther Gandhi Tyler Moore Snail. Mm-hmm. Franklin Delano Raccoon, Abraham Lincoln Einstein Mandela Goose, yeah, and uh, Rosa Parks the Deer Tick. <laughs> Ooh, I missed that last one, but I had the first three written down. Uh, <laughs> like Rosa Parks the Deer Tick, okay. Yeah, Poor and Doug. he made such a big deal about not naming the snail because what if it's not the snail's name? But then as soon as the snail died, he's like this lionized... Uh, every name in the book snail to honor him her them i think is what he said yeah i don't know if it's a joke but uh the eleanor was doing this bit about how you know janet and michael were super smart and how they never find them and how they were be long gone and it reminded me of a similar bit in indiana jones and the last crusade where uh where uh, indiana saying that about uh marcus brody and how he's always he'll he'll never see he'll disappear you'll never see him again and then of course uh cut to marcus brody lost in uh egypt or whatever so it was a very similar bit and i almost wonder if that was an intentional homage but it it amused me because then of course they walk in you know right it's she's claiming that they'll disappear and never be seen from again um we got a bit of Sean being extra Sean-like. Uh, he had to introduce himself, which I thought was funny because, you know, of course they don't, they don't know what's going on. Um, and I can't particularly remember anything specifically funny, but I know that just the situation of us, like, having to deal with this again, <laughs> is, it's just comical at this point. Yeah, uh, one thing I had written down from Sean's situation was he talked about um, wanting to stuff wasps in their nostrils. (laughs) Or I think Michael said they were talking about wasp nostrils. (laughs) Oh, and I I really enjoyed uh, Jason's discussion of, well, we can't get evidence. Evidence is something you destroy so you don't go to jail. Yeah, that's bad. And then Michael sending Jason to get a coaster because he needed a 30-second break. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the, the speed to which Jason is able to concoct a Molotov cocktail and almost scream mortals, <laughs> he's just magical. That's like a Jason superpower. It is. He's like, he's like Janet uh, and uh, something else. I feel like Jason has somehow gotten even dumber this season. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, like Homer Simpson. He's like the more always seasons we go, been dumb. But I'm just like, there's just something about him back on Earth this season that makes him seem even dumber. Oh, 
when um, when Doug asks, he's just kind of whining whether anyone knows snail first aid, and Janet just immediately says yes. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's like, like shut up, <laughs> no, you don't get more tape. <laughs> I think one of the best things, I mean, this season has been obviously strange in many ways because we're back on Earth and it, it's meandered a little bit. But uh, uh, Janet's increasing uh, role from season one where she just kind of peer, appeared occasionally to now, I think is good because I like Janet. I like the actress that plays Janet. I, uh, more Janet uh, is a good thing. So yes, three weeks from now, Janet's should be interesting. I'm always up for more Janet and more Michael. I kind of want to see Mindy back at some point this season. I'm missing Mindy. <laughs> yeah, why didn't uh, they just take her? Because the bad, the the medium place is neutral territory, right? I wonder. But Janet can't. Hmm. Because Janet wasn't able to take. She wasn't able to take them there originally, right? They had to take the train. So I yeah, guess she, she could call the train, but she couldn't yeah. like zap them there. Yeah, exactly. I don't think she could really zap them anywhere. But I don't know how the portal works with the and the void. I think is the only place Janet can really zap people into do we maybe. do we run in Derek I don't know he's at Mindy's isn't he oh yeah you're right so in order to see Derek we'd have to go back to Mindy's yeah I'd like to run into Derek again I, I enjoy that character quite a bit <laughs> yeah he, he's at Mindy's with his giant bags of cocaine and his wind chimes <laughs> Derek is gross <laughs> he is I think that's all I had. Yeah, it was. It's not. It wasn't a very jokey episode. It was uh, kind of heavy. I mean, the last. I mean, so was the one, and I wasn't on the podcast, but so was the one where you know Eleanor is questioning, you know, determinism and her own free will, right? So yeah, they're getting very philosophical. I mean, the show's always been philosophical, but they're getting explicitly philosophical in a way that I kind of like, but doesn't make for a lot of joke machine action. Yeah. Oh, one other thing. I guess it's not really a joke, but um, in the brawl when what I forget what Jason did, but it saved Janet. Oh, he threw the pool ball and like conked one of the demons on the head, and she's like, she like pauses and just like, thanks, Jason, and then goes back to fighting. <laughs> yeah, like her Janet's obsession with Jason is still alive and good. <laughs> And adorable. Yeah. Yes. Not quite sure, clear what she sees in him, but maybe when you're all knowing that someone who doesn't know a lot is appealing, it's like an opposite attract sort of thing. I think this is the earliest episode in the season we've seen Eleanor confess her feelings to Chidi, and maybe he'll actually remember it longer than 15 minutes this time. So I guess we could see where that goes in the next couple episodes. He didn't even get a chance to react, really, so we'll no. see. He just seemed kind of dumbstruck, which I would be too if somebody confessed they loved me in the middle of a fight with demons. You don't know how you're going to react. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for talking with me tonight. I guess we'll say good night. Uh, thanks for coming on, Marcos. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for chatting, Sarah. Oh, thanks, Rachel. Good job. <laughs> <laughs>